especially when it comes to black women. A lot of us are not having good experiences with doctors. Racism and white supremacy and all of those things do affect the medical system as well. And that, that literally means that we need to be even more aware and advocate for ourselves. Hey y'all, you are listening to The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, and we are back with part two of our Yoni episode with Vanessa from the Vagistine Podcast and Workshop Series. For those who are unfamiliar who are just coming into the second part of the episode, um... Feel free to click back to part one to get an idea of who Vanessa is, how she ended up doing um, workshop tours across the country, empowering women and educating them on, you know, our sexuality as well as our bodies and how she ended up starting her podcast and learning about sex and how I had an embarrassing sex story, um, how we feel like, you know, social media and just society, we project a lot of the fears on women's empowerment in terms of sexuality into a propaganda that's not quite healthy. Um, We also have a lot of dictation by people who don't live in our shoes, a.k.a. men. This is not a men bashing episode, but it's a lot of men that are telling us how to fool with our bodies. It's a lot of still uh, societal standards that make women out to be hoes, sluts, because they want to take charge of their sexuality or they want to have those conversations or they want to be able to, you know, ask for consent in some cases. I mean, there's laws that are governing how rapists can take care of their kids and, and impose parental rights on the women that they abuse and end up impregnating through such abuse. So we talk a lot about that um, as a, a overview of what this episode is about. In this episode, we get some more of your questions. Um, and it's, it's a lot. I mean, sex toys, sexual positions. Um, what else do we go over? We went over a lot of stuff. I talked to Vanessa for about maybe a little under three hours. It was a lengthy conversation. But again, it's all things vagina, so if you're trying to listen, please remember to have some headphones on. This is not safe for work, you feel me? Not safe for those who are not mature enough to have the conversation, a.k.a. children. So please listen with care. But um, <laughs> What's the next question? <laughs> Sex toys, yay or nay, and why? Sex toys, yay, if that's what you want to do. Um, I, I honestly, my philosophy with anything sex related is if you're comfortable with it, if you like it, I love it. Um, the thing to keep in mind with sex toys is um, really checking out the materials of sex toys. Um, just as a little bit of background, sex toys are not the materials and plastics that sex toys are made out of in the United States are not regulated. So you really have to go to that upper that upper class sex toy store to go get some quality sex toys. Um, some of those plastics are porous. That means that they will hold certain bacteria. Um, that means that they um, may overheat, they may melt. And when I say that the plastic is unregulated, I mean that for the folks that are sticking the sex toys into their vaginas, the chemicals that um, the chemicals that those sex toys are made out of can actually leach into the vagina and cause infection um, and just ickiness. So um, we just need to really think about that. And so what I mean by going to a high-class sex toy store, the one on the corner that just says XXX is not going to do. Um, Go ahead, invest. Um, You want to get toys that are either silicone-based. You can get glass toys. Um, 
for the folks that are out there that they're into crystals, there are sex toys that are now being made out of crystals that you're going to have to. It, it ain't. It don't. It don't have the the the, the vibrating to it. You gotta do it yourself. You gotta do it manually. <laughs> But um, they're out there for folks who want to have that spiritual connection as well as that feel-good connection and, and, and bring in all of those things together. So um, we really have to pay attention to the way that we, um, the way that we, that we shop for them. Um, and just to and, – and the ones with the, the – just when I say unregulated, a lot of sex toys, the, the really cheap ones – um, they have chemicals um, called phthalates on them, and basically they've been banned in children's toys. And they basically, um, some people have conducted experiments where um, they have put sex toys, the cheaper sex toys, in like a jar, and they've all melted and molded on themselves. And so that just Sheesh. shows you the toxic toxicity of those chemicals of those plastics. And if it smells like a new shower curtain, dang for you. If it smells like it, it has like a strong odor, like I posted this thing on my, on my Instagram about sex toys and folks were like, Oh my gosh, like mine smells like the day that I bought it from the store and I've had it for five years. Like, uh, uh-uh, nah, you want that's not the one you want. Get a high quality. Go to a higher quality store. We know where those higher quality stores are. Go to a higher quality store. Get a um, silicone based um, um, uh, sex toy. And we also have to we have to think about lubrication. We also have to think about washing and sanitizing them. So sex mm-hmm. toys. Uh, some sex toys come with instructions around. Um, you know, r- rinsing them underwater, different soaps to use. There's sex toy cleaners out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just do some more research and um, and just just if it's if it's if it's five dollars and below, and you getting it from the corner store, don't mm-mm, don't. Yeah, I'd even say like thirty. I probably say honestly, probably under fifty at this point. Um, I would I would say under fifty because yeah, you know it's a hierarchy when it comes to those. Like you know it's it's you know. Regular, like, low tier, middle of the road tier, yeah. right the bank tier. And I feel like, you know, some of the middle of the roads and definitely the low tier, those are the ones I feel like you're describing right now. Yeah. The super-duper colorful ones. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm told too much. But I'm just saying, like, you just, you know, I'm grown. I'm, gr- I'm very grown. Some of y'all you're think grown. I'm, I'm, I'm not as young as some of y'all think I am. Like, I really, I'm not 21. I'm not 22. I'm low key, like I got some, I got some, I got some years, low key. But, um, but no, because people ask my age, and I, I don't, I, I mean, I tell people. There's one right. person I won't tell because he tried to be funny all the time, cracking jokes. But you know, like it, I don't know, I don't know what it is. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, I totally feel you with that, and um, it also goes to lubrications too. Like I know some lubricants do not mesh well with vaginas, yeah. and it yeah. causes issues as soon as you're done. Or even during it, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the other thing. A lot, we just need to think. Some people's bodies are like, touch me with some, I'm fine. Oh, I could use all of these products, I'm cool. Some people, they really have to think about um, sugar. So some lubricants do have do have sugar. So you'll see um, some, some of the higher quality lubes out there that will say like sugar-free or gluten-free. They got vegan out here. Um, for 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 folks that want to go a little bit more natural route, 
Um, there's coconut oil, which is a great lubricant. The only thing we need to caution with oils is that if you're using condoms, oil will um, will basically break the break the latex of the condom. So you cannot use any oil-based lubes or any oil with condoms. And for some of these toys that I'm talking about, and just even the higher quality brand toys, we do want to be mindful um, with oil on them as well, so they don't um, mess up the plastic on those toys. Um, so yeah, we gotta definitely check out what's best for us. For those for folks who use condoms, um, we want to use water-based lubricant. Um, water-based lubricant mimics um, it. Um, it water-based lubricant will dry out um, a little bit faster. Um, some folks prefer a silicone-based lubricant, which mimics the vaginal discharge a lot more. So it has more of that quote natural feeling uh, when using it. So it's all about reading the labels, seeing what's best for you. And if you put something on your skin and immediately something starts happening, you know, don't be alarmed, wash off, and throw the rest of that product away. Dang, I think we we pretty much covered it with uh, sex toys, hey, I think. I, uh, great. I love so that question. To the listener who submitted that, I hope you got your money's worth with that answer because <laughs> she definitely just laid it all the way down. <laughs> now, this one's interesting. Um because I, there's two questions I'm seeing back to back, and mm-hmm. it's 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 interesting because it's two totally different ends of the spectrum. The first question is, how can I make my girl have a vaginal orgasm? I guess mm-hmm. make her squirt. And then the mm-hmm. question afterwards says, I don't know how to have an orgasm. Please help. So it looks like these are basically orgasm problems. You know okay. what I mean? Great question. So I'll start off with um, if we're interpreting the 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 squirting one if we're interpreting the first question as squirting um the way to do this a lot of a lot of folks with vaginas can't squirt with just a penis unless unless the penis is, uh has that um how do I want to say this has that uh that that horn tip if it tips up unless your penis does that which i know a lot of penises don't um you're going to have to use your fingers and so that involves um, sticking a finger or two into the vagina and then doing, like, sticking it in up to the knuckle. Um, and you're going to feel at the top of the uh, vaginal wall, you're going to feel like a nub of skin or tissue there. That's a nub of skin that you are going to do a come-hither motion with. So once you stick your fingers inside up to the knuckle or wherever this you feel that piece of that that nub at the top, you're going to do a come hither, come here motion with your fingers, and that should be a way to stimulate it. Now, the thing about squirting is that we're not going to squirt if we do not drink water. So squirting comes. People who squirt are hydrated. <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have fluid in the body to have fluid come out, right? So you know, take care of yourself. Eat your fruits and vegetables. Drink your water. Keep it. Keep it hot. Drink all your your ounces and all of that. Um, and something else to know with with um, with squirting is that I know we always want to make someone do something. Some people's bodies are not made for squirting. Like people can train themselves. People can practice. Um, but some folks are not are not squirters, and that's okay. And if a person's not a squirter yet, or they're still getting used to that feeling, because the thing about it is the feeling of squirting may feel like the person has to pee and they're going to be like, oh, no, I have to pee, I have to pee, I have to pee, no, 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 I have to pee because it's so close 
that motion and all of these parts are so we have to think about it. Like I said, the urethra, it's all close to the bladder. And so if a person feels like they're going to pee, either they need to relax and just give into that um, feeling. But some folks are so paranoid that they're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. So it does require work on both people's parts. And if a person's not a squirter yet, or they're just not a squirter, I advise you not try and make yourself squirt because that is how we can have issues like bladder prolapse um, where that is really messy and not good for the body because you're basically bearing down and bearing down like with all your muscles and all your might to make your body do something. And it's okay if you're not, there's nothing wrong with someone's body. If they, they don't do that, people's bodies do different things. And also people. Our our brains also help in that. So for a person's like, yo, that's not really my thing. Or I don't really feel comfortable here. It's not going. It's not going to happen. So I would definitely like have a conversation with your partner and be like, yo, I'm really trying to try this thing. Like, you mind if I, you know, try it? And with that too, you make sure you have clean fingernails. We don't need anything going up in there. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and also keeping your fingernails short. We don't need. We we all need that 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 long fingernail up in there scratching us, okay? It doesn't feel good. So keeping that in mind, um, with the second question around, I think the question was um, she can't I, orgasm, but I'm assuming that's more of a clitoral standpoint. Yeah. So uh, yeah, with this person, I would try a few things. I would try um, I would try um, self pleasure at first, and like I said, the brain really controls a lot of things. I would think about, are you relaxed? If you're having partner sex, are you relaxed? Are you into it? Is this something you want to do? Or are you thinking like, mm, this person's all right? Or you might be thinking like, man, so-and-so talks to me all crazy at my job today while you're having sex, <laughs> and you're definitely not going to be in your element, or I'm like, oh, man, I got this homework due. You're not going to be in your element to really let your body go. I like to say that the brain is your is one of your biggest sex organs because it really, if it's shut off or it's shut down, nothing, nothing's really happening. We're not really in the moment. We're not going to get there. So I would think about that, too. I would think about, um, I would think about some self-pleasure. And with self-pleasure, again, it's relaxing. Um, and really, like, take care of yourself. Like, you know, have a nice shower, um, put on some nice, play, light your favorite candle, play your favorite tunes. If you, if you need to watch some flicks to get you there, if you like to fantasize, whatever it is, relax and use your hand, use your toy, whatever it is to help start exploring what feels good for you. And in that way, if we can start identifying what feels good for us or if we can achieve orgasm on our own, then we're better able to um, we're better able to tell a partner what we like, what we don't like, uh-uh, this thing works for me every single time, so I need you to do this thing, and really exploring that way. Um, try those things out. Let us know how it goes um, about Five to ten percent of women are anorgasmic, which basically means that they can't orgasm. And that's not to say that they can't. It could be all of these other factors. It could be hormones. It could be a range of factors that um, might be keeping a person from orgasming. But it's not initially the first thing. And so, also remembering the clitoris 
is only there for pleasure. So incorporating the clitoris, because oftentimes when we're doing penis and vagina sex, <laughs> uh, the the clitoris is not is not always stimulated in that because it's, it's basically like something just going into the vagina. We're not incorporating the clitoris. We're not touching it. We're not like rubbing on it or anything. And so a lot of a lot of women are like, I can't orgasm, and then you find out like, oh literally a penis is just going in there not doing anything else so a lot of women need um oral sex in order to help them get there they need different positions like getting on top where they can like rub while they are um rub their clitoris while they're actually on top um there we just have to think about how we can incorporate the clitoris some people might you know have the penis inside of them and then they have like a vibrator on their clitoris. So we just need to think about all different variations of of how to incorporate the clit in there. To the listener who asked that question, uh, good luck. Um, <laughs> Let us know if any of that works. Yes. Let us know, and we will provide some more tips. <laughs> she just gave you a, a gang of knowledge. My Listen. only thing, though, and it's for everybody, like, you know, everybody has different things that makes them tick, right? Yeah. But for me, porn just don't do it. I just, like... I can't, it, like, to me, it's just, like, it's not, it's it's not realistic. Now, some people like the whole fantasy element, and they don't care because it's just yeah. about the physical and just seeing and whatever. But for me, like, I'm, like, the worst person to even watch that with because I'm looking at makeup, I'm looking at shoe choice, I'm looking at plot lines, <laughs> and it's just not fun. And yes. then I'm, I'm critiquing, I'm like, that ain't realistic, that ain't real, that ain't real. So I just, I don't know, that's it's a whole sidebar. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with the question. I just had to get that off because I'm just no, like, man, think, it's something about I think, it. I just can't can't do it. <laughs> no, and I think you presented something really, like, really important. Some people can't. Like, it's just not their jam. And then some people are like, I don't know how these people have been treated. There are some, you know, typically. Yeah. typically so now the, the movement is changing to make, like, ethically sourced porn where, like, folks will post up their own videos. Um, where they're just like, look, this is just me and my boo. If you want to see us, like, boom, I'm posting it myself. Like, there's no makeup and wardrobe here. It's just, like, two people doing it. There's um, there's different sites now. There are paid sites where, like, you know, everybody's paid properly and everybody's taken care of and, you know, they're doing what they want to do or, like, feminist porn or, like, fe- like females will direct their own porn, like, female-directed porn, sorry, um, you know, all these different all these different genres um, that a person could get into if they choose that. Now, there's nothing wrong with a person if they're like, it's just not my thing. I don't want to watch two complete strangers do it. And that's completely cool, and that's where that fantasy element and where that taking care of yourself and just being like, all right, let me close my eyes and envision myself doing da-da-da-da-da-da or sometimes reading erotica or, like, listening to certain, certain songs. It's like, yeah. I'm going to do it. So you just have to you just have to think about what works um what works best uh for you. So what do you think of waxing? Waxing or shaving? Is that healthy? Oh man, y'all got these y'all got these good ass questions tonight. Um <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. There's no judgment on this for me. There I just want to say that the hair is there for a reason. 
Um, so back in back in caveman days, like the hair, you know, helped trap, and still now it helps trap the pheromones. It's how you know back in caveman days we were attracted and all of that, and we sought our mates and all of that. Like still works to this day, of course. Like pheromones, that's that's real. Um, so the hair is there for a reason. It's there for protection. It's there to um, it's there to like keep out bad organisms or bacteria uh so and it's there for warmth and cushion and all of those things so yes the hair is there for a reason now trimming it i think it's cool i think for black women especially if you have kinky coily hair growing down there um we need to think about um waxing or shaving because for a lot of us we get like ingrown hairs and if we're already self-conscious about what's going on down there having ingrown hairs and bumps doesn't always help us help our vagisteme, so we so we need to think about that um, as well. I I just I I think that with each of those things, I am an advocate for trimming. Um, I'm an advocate for you know cleaning up your bikini area. When it comes to the waxing, I just advise us to be a little bit more careful. That's where like we were talking about with the sex toys, we're going to have to put like really do the investment on this one you're not trying to go to the back of your nail place that just you know just has everything mixed in together like no you need to go to a place that specializes in this you want to go to a wax center you want to go to a place where you've read all the reviews because you don't want anything hot like that near your body especially delicate tissue and getting burned, like, this is just unnecessary. It's really unnecessary, especially from a place that doesn't specialize or know what they're doing, and you re- you really messing around with um, down there. So put the money up, go to a good place, go to a, go to a place where they're really using good products, um, making sure you go into a place where they're not sharing the wax, um, the wax, uh, mixer with everybody because that's how we just are in, in, like introducing germs and bacteria into our delicate areas and right now it's like right there um the only thing to keep in mind with removing hair or stripping hair away is that we have to let if if anything happens we need to let any of any anything heal um because when we shave or wax it creates um little entryways for you know, pathogens, STIs, germs to get in. So if anything happened, you got a bruise, you got a cut, let it heal first before you proceed having any activity. But I think it's your choice. You got to do what works best for you. For some people, they're like, I feel confident when I, you know, trim it or wax it. And if you feel confident, boo, like, I want you to feel confident. If you like it, I love it. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. That's on you. Um However, I just think we need to, like, just take some precautions. And if we're shaving, not using the disposable shave, um, uh, disposable uh, shaver that's been sitting in your shower for the last four days, if it's disposable, you need to throw it away because those blades get rusty. And we don't, again, we don't need that all up in this area. So do whatever makes you feel most confident, safest, and put the investment up as well because we're dealing with such, um, we're dealing with such delicate parts. And if you're only shaving or waxing because a partner is like, I need you to shave or wax in order for me to do anything to you, then me and Spiritual Homegirl, we're going to have to do another show on, like, 
you not being with that partner anymore because they ain't worth it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. Like you ain't about to have me out here flipping the bill, flipping the bill, going through a painful process because of you. Like if you want to do it, make sure you want to do it, not because someone is telling you to do it or someone's like, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z to you. I prefer this because unless they're willing to do it too, which in a lot of um, male and female relationships, I ain't. I don't see a lot of dudes hitting the 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 wax the wax spot, but they want you to be doing all types of shenanigans. Uh uh-uh. uh. If right. it's equal, <laughs> if it's equal, then hit it. But if it's not, like I'm gonna need you to keep your comments to yourself and let me groom the way that I want to groom. Exactly. I think there's so many reasons why people do groom down there. Um, whether yeah. it's an aesthetic, um, whether it's you know they don't want the hair or the the smell or, or what have yeah. you, whatever it is. Cause, you know, you know, hair trap sweat. Right. Um, and, and obviously sweat does smell. So I can understand why people would want to consider that. Another thing also that um, I'm only saying this from experience is an alternative to waxing is sugaring as well. Like sugaring is like a water, mm-hmm. sugar, like lemon juice mixture. It also exfoliates as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as painful as waxing. At least everybody, including myself, we've all had the general consensus that it is not. Like, you know, when you wax, and you have to wait for the wax to dry, and you just rip it off in one long strip. It's shorter. It's shorter. So you basically, it pulls the hair out from, like, the bulb. So you're basically, like, I remember she showed me, like, the ball of wax. Because they basically go in one time and use that one dip, that one okay. ball of sugar, to basically mm-hmm. get you, get you, get, you know, get you together. And um, she was like, look. And, I mean, it was, like, all the hairs from the bulbs. And they were literally pulling all the way out. And also, they um, they also can fix the ingrown hairs that you might get from waxing because sometimes a waxer might pull in the wrong direction. And next thing you know, you might have an ingrown hair that might be about to start, but if it ends up growing, then the sugar, um, the sugaring will end up, at least for some people I know, they can correct that. Or it doesn't have like rips like waxing. Like some people get ripped while they're waxing. Like it's, that's a thing. And, um, and you gotta let that heal. You're absolutely right about being open. That's why the general rule of thumb is when you do get waxed or sugared or or whatever, you need to wait at least 24 hours because you are open technically. Yeah. And they they tell you not to take hot showers for 24 hours um, plus. And for those in Atlanta, I would check out Va Va Voom if I were yeah, y'all. Yeah, that's Boom. my girl. Oh what? <laughs> yeah. So Va Va I had her on. You did? She's awesome. I had her on like uh, last year. She was she was awesome. I need to get her on the show one of these days, but she is very, very open about the the business of waxing and hair removal all across the board, not yes. just on vaginas, but all across the board. I remember yes. pulling up my Snapchat and seeing a whole damn vagina on her table <laughs> getting waxed. I, and I just, you know, you know, on Snapchat, you have an autoplay. So I see yeah. it. I said, oh, okay, she's waxing somebody. Now for me, I know what it is. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's not that's just waxing. But I can just imagine those who don't know what that's like what they saw. But she also right. dyes uh, pubic hairs, things like that. Yeah. Put them in shapes, the whole nine. Like, she's really with the shits when it comes to, um, <laughs> comes to she also has, like, a line of care products, too, if I remember yes. correctly, body and vaginal care products, too. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to Baba Boom um, out yeah. here. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's so dope. So, that is our, that's waxing one-on-one, basically. So, <laughs> what are some positions, another question, what are some positions for men who have smaller penises? Everyone's different. And I know that's not the question that this, that's not the answer that the person wants to hear. You're right, though. Like, 
it's like everyone is so different. Like I can't tell. Like the reason why I'm saying that is because if I'm like, oh, just just climb on top. Like sometimes the thrusting might hurt the person that you're with, and mm-hmm. for another partner, that thrusting is like, oh yeah, that's what it is. Now the thing about people with smaller penises, I know they get a bad um, a bad rap, and they shouldn't. Because here's the thing, like, the when we think about, and if we're thinking about having sex with a person with a vagina, the thing about the vagina, the opening of the vagina is that the nerve endings are in, is in the first, is in like the first third. If we can think about the, op, the vaginal opening in the canal, like in, in, the, in thirds, like the first third is where it feels good. So that's why it feels good when you're like, sticking something inside or like the penis is going inside or toys going inside because the nerve endings are around that opening. And so like that constant, like in and out, in and out, in and out, which might be another uh, position or another like technique. Like you draw your penis in and out, in and out, in and out, because now like you could like put it on the clitoris, you can stick it inside, you can move it around in different ways. And that might feel really good instead of these like 10 foot dicks that are out here and they're just like all up in, just all up in your, just all up in your intestines. And you're like, ow, 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 Um, and like media, and that's the thing, like not only like, like we were talking about earlier, like media is so pervasive in what we speak about. <laughs> and what we think about our bodies, but like you know, folks with penises, like they get a bad rap too because it's often seen like, oh, like the bigger the penis, the better. But actually, like folks ain't always checking for these these big penises that are just out here wrecking people. So everyone has their stuff that they need to work with and work on, and it's really about like how you work it with um with what you got and and really checking in on your partner checking their face checking to see if they're into it do they like what you're doing ask them like you like when i do that do you like what i'm doing right now like check in because it's only your that person in that moment that's going to be able to tell you i think positions where um the person's like body is exposed so like if that's like from the back or like wide open like laying on their back that might help if you want a specific um position but i or the person on top but um it's really going to be up to what that person's feeling like um in that moment i'm glad you mentioned um the whole um like intestines thing guys can we lay this down flat can we just really lay this down flat today you don't feel it in your stomach okay you're right you're right i'm sorry Please, I don't want to perpetuate that rumor, y'all. I don't want to perpetuate that rumor. You're right. I was I was using it as a frame of reference, but here's the thing. So, all right. So, on average, on average, couples in the United States, from beginning to end of sex, like, this is just, like, doing it. On average, Americans are taking about 11 minutes to have sex. Excuse when me? We look at, when we're looking at female anatomy... And we're looking at getting getting the female from, like, resting state all the way to, like, wet, I'm ready, I want to do this. On average, we're looking at 25 to 45 minutes. So if folks are doing it from beginning to end in 11 minutes on average, and it's taking somebody 25 to 45 minutes 
to get fully aroused, it's going to be painful, and it's not going to feel good. And the thing about the internal anatomy is that we have the uterus, and the uterus, when folks are saying, like, oh, I felt that in my stomach or it really hurt or something, what could be happening is that in that arousal state, in that 25 to 45 minutes, what the uterus is actually doing on the inside is shifting up, and it's doing this tilt up. And the and it's tilting up to make room for whatever's about to go into the vagina. And so when we don't allow that time and allow that arousal, and that's why foreplay is really important, and that's why, like, caressing and all of those before things is really important because it's getting the person there. And if we are, like, in and out in 11 minutes, your uterus hasn't really shifted upwards. It hasn't tilted upwards. And therefore, we can, we can be bruising the cervix because we're pounding it because it's still sitting it's still sitting right there, if that makes sense. Like yeah. it hasn't moved out of the way. So when folks are like, ah, ah, damn, I can feel it in my ovaries or I feel it on my side, it could be that because they haven't fully they didn't get their full experience yet. They didn't fully relax and fully get to where they need to be. And that, that's on average. Some um, some people with vaginas can 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 speed that up, and some people forty five minutes is right where it's at. So we really have to think about when we're especially people with big penises. Like people need the time to get fully aroused because we're talking about girth, we're talking about depth, we're talking about all of these things. And for some people with with larger penises, they think all of that thrusting is what's helping the situation, is what's really going to help that person with the vagina get to to orgasm when it's actually we need to be thinking about the clitoris and that the thrusting motion doesn't always help for a majority of women it doesn't help them in achieving and it could actually be like ah 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 ow okay you're going way too deep and some of those dudes want just like ah I'm just thrusting I'm just in your guts and it's not it hurts it hurts for some people so we got to check in all the way around with our partners Oh, another question <laughs> I left off that I think when you said depth and girth, it just reminded me of the question that got left off, and I was like, oh, crap, I need to ask her this. Basically, it's saying that she has sex with her boyfriend on the regular, and they are monogamous, so she's not cheating. However, mm-hmm. her man accused her of cheating because her vagina was not as tight as he's used to, you know, it, you know, at least the way you remember it being tight. So, it goes to, and I actually saw a tweet on Twitter that related to it. That's why I really thought it was important to ask, where men are saying they can tell when a woman's been, quote, unquote, stretched out. And then you have the opposing argument where they're like, man, women are having whole children coming out these okay. canals. And Come on. You, like, so can we please lay this down today? Cause please. I'm, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. I'm glad you asked. This is such a, <laughs> it's such a myth. The vagina is a muscle, and the thing we need to think about with a muscle is, yes, muscles can be worked out. That's why we have Kegels, and Kegels are exercises that both both females and both males can do, um, where it basically tones and strength, strengthens the um, the wall, either the walls of the vagina, which also has other benefits as well. And for in in males, it actually tones. And it actually tones the the penis the penile muscles, but also um, for uh, for males that want to last longer, it actually can help in lasting longer as well. So 
basically the way that we find that muscle is the muscle that we use to stop pee mid-flow. So if we're peeing and then you're able to stop your pee mid-flow, which I wouldn't advise doing a million times a day, that's just I just want you to do it one good time so you can understand where that muscle is and how to flex it, that's that muscle. And so the way that we work that out is that we're going to – there's different intervals that, you know, you could look this up online, but basically, you know, for a few times a day, for a few seconds, you're going to, like, squeeze, hold, release, squeeze, hold, release, squeeze, hold, release, in, like, a series of, like, 10 or something. The issue with Kegels is that it's been so pervasive where we're telling people, like, you need to have this tight – you need to have this tight vagina, you need to have this, this, and that, is that people will do them, Right. And just like I said, it's a muscle, they don't ever release. So now we're actually weakening the muscle that we're trying to strengthen. So it's kind of like you go to the gym, you do weights every single day, but you don't ever give your, your, your body time to, like, build, like, help uh, build and, and breathe and all of that. And so you're actually weakening the muscle over time um, when you're not, like, resting because folks are like, Kiko, 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 I'm doing them 20 times a day. And that's not helping nothing. Like, you're not going to have this super burly vagina. Like, stop that. Like, that's not helping anybody. <laughs> like, you're actually doing damage to yourself. Don't do that. So relaxing, it's a muscle, relaxing that muscle. Now, with that being said, the vagina is a muscle. It is not just sitting open. It is, there are walls in there. They are closed when there's nothing in there and open when something's in there. The thing that we get wrong about vaginal tightness is if a person has a super tight vagina, it could be because they're dry, because they're not turned on. And that's no shade. That is no shade to anybody's man out there, and that's no shade to anybody. But, like, we want to keep when – usually when the vagina is tight, it's because, like, it's tight because it's not, like, lubricated and flowy and, like, open and like, ooh, I'm feeling good. I want to be up in there kind of thing, right? Like they're not, like it's a not aroused fully vagina. So we really need to change the script on that and think about how we're describing vaginas. Um, they're not just like hanging open after someone has a child. The The walls come back together. The muscles come back together and close up until something else is in there. And it's a flexible muscle. It, it moves and accommodates to what's inside um, of inside of it. So we, we have a lot of work to do on that as well. And if, you know, this person wants to do Kegels, sure. But if it's, she's super wet and she's super lubricated, like, of course it's going to feel a little bit looser because it's like a slip and slide in there now. It's like, great. And that person should be patting themselves on the back (laughs) that they can get their partner there. But, um, if there is concern about like, yeah, I would actually like to build some more toning, um, then there are the Kegels that you can do naturally. If some folks don't feel like some folks like me are like, oh, am I doing them right? And there's like yoni eggs where they're eggs that, um, that are made of crystals um, that people incorporate into their spiritual practice as well that, that you can um, hold in the vagina and um, you can exercise with them, move them up and down and strengthen the muscles that way. Um, and just, you know, I, I know I know you, you were left alone on the sex story, so I'll give you an embarrassing story on a Kegel exercise. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so me being Vanessa, I'm like, oh, my pussy muscles are strong. Yes, I'm doing it. 
uh-huh, I know what I'm doing. So I bought an exerciser. And in the way that it looked, it looked like two, two um, like, little balls, like two, not little, but, like, medium-sized balls. Well, like, benoit balls? Like, they were, they, they were, like, in a plastic casing, but not, not benoit balls. They were, like... It was like two balls kind of stuck together on like a like a like on a plastic string together. Oh, I got um, you. It looked like a figure eight, basically. That's the best way to describe it. And it came with like a hook so that you can like take it out of the vagina. So I bought it, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do my kegels while I'm at work. That's what I'm gonna do. Like, what am I doing? I'm doing. I'm at work. I'm sitting. I'm standing up. Like, boom! This will be a great way for me to exercise, right? So I put it in. Head out to work. I'm sitting driving, of course. You're driving to work. I get out, and this is the day that I couldn't find any parking. So I park like two blocks up, and I'm like, all right, let me take my stuff out the car. Well, I get out the car, and as soon as I start walking, I feel bloop, sun falls in my underwear. And I'm like, oh, oh this no. is this. This is the day that everybody want to say good morning to you. This is the day that everybody's trying to compliment you on your outfit. This is the day that people are trying to be like, good morning, sweetie, across the street. Like, I walked for two to three blocks with this <gasps> with this thing. It's just sitting oh, in my no. underwear. <laughs> just sitting in my underwear. And I was like, pick it up, Vanessa. You got these muscles. Pick them up, pick them up, pick them up. <laughs> pick them up. I couldn't move them. I couldn't do nothing with them. Like, I was like, suck them up. Suck them up. You could do it. You could do it. Them muscles oh, my God. My, my muscles were not, my muscles aren't where I thought they were in relation to putting something like that inside. So, you know what, y'all? The best piece of advice I could give you is that if that's the route you're going to choose, do it at home on a calm Sunday where you have the time, space, and autonomy to go into the bathroom and take it out if you need to, like, don't don't be like me. Don't don't be so confident that you're at work. I had to run into that bathroom and take it out. Like that's that's my embarrassing story. Just so I, I share I share my embarrassing story with you. <laughs> you know what? I thought I totally thought initially that the story was going to be about it getting stuck. But for those, <laughs> and I know of some people. I know some folks that had a situation that called me and was like, "Girl, I think this thing is stuck. It's stuck. These shits are stuck." <laughs> <laughs> because um, you mentioned the yoni eggs. I'm glad you did because yeah. I know I got one a few years ago from Organic Blood. Shout out to Tiffany Janae. She's Thanks. the uh, owner of yeah, mine there too, yeah. com. Yeah. Yep. And then I had a homegirl of mine who um, got her some Ashley's Natural. So there's a couple of vendors that you can get these um, yoni eggs from. I know initially I got mine to meditate with because I was like, there's so much energy that's housed in my in my vagina. You know, I just want to use it that way. And, and that's another episode, you know what I'm saying? But I use mine to meditate. It's so happy, you know, the Kegels and using that for the pelvic floor muscles were um, a side a side thing. But I had a homegirl <laughs> call me once because she was trying to see if she wanted to go to um, to Yoni Eggs, and she ended up having some Benoit balls. You know, there's crystal, there's little yeah. crystal spheres that can be, I guess, used as Benoit balls. And she actually um, has some rose quartz ones, and real cute, too, real cute ones. Mm. And she called me saying, oh, my God, they're stuck. And I said, what do you mean they're stuck? And she's like, they're stuck. I can't get them out. I said, so you mean to tell me you got these crystal Benoit balls basically yeah. stuck in your vagina? Oh, okay, girl, let's let's get through this real quick. Let me coach you through this. So I basically had to like tell her, like, look, calm down, relax, get your mind off of it, and just right. push. It's going to take you a couple of minutes, but right. just push. 
after like 15 minutes, she calls me back. She's like, they good, girl. We good. We good. I'm like, girl, it can't get stuck. I mean, it could, but like, yeah. if you just calm down. Yes. Just That's relax. It. See, the muscles, y'all, we got them in there. Like, they're there. We just, they, they're there. That's basically what, it's a muscle. It's a whole entire muscle. So you're right. As long as you push, you relax, you should be fine. Right. So the next and final um, question that we had that <laughs> listeners submitted is, I don't understand my menstrual cycle. I get lost counting the days. Please help. <laughs> so that's a really good. I love that question. So menstrual cycle um, is basically – is basically on a on average for a lot of people. It's on a 28-day cycle. Um, for a lot of people, their periods can last anywhere between three to seven days. Um, and for some folks, their periods don't come consistently. For some folks, you know, they just don't keep track of it, and that's why I'm so glad you asked this question. There are some apps out there. There's Period Tracker. There's iPeriod. They're spot on that you can download, and they actually send you reminders and let you know, like, different – like, for spot on, I could tell – I could say for sure it sends you, like, different tidbits to know about your period or what's going on in your body that day or um, if you are taking birth control, like, hey, you got four more days until you need to use your former birth control again or whatever, and it will actually, like, track your period for you and tell you, like, okay, you're – period is coming this day and if it doesn't then you can move the tracker on the phone and so whenever you go to the doctor you can just like pull out the app and it will it will keep track of your period for you um some things to note with with periods um a lot of us are suffering with painful periods and if that is you meaning like you're throwing up you can't go to work you are on the floor um, we really need to go see a provider. I think oftentimes as women, especially black women, we do not get good messaging around like, this is what's normal and well, this is not normal. And that is not okay. You got to, you know, get that checked out and see if everything's okay. And don't leave. If you feel like it's that serious, do not leave or go find another doctor that will definitely, um, definitely help out with that. And for those who are like, and I mean, some people that listen are into, you know, holistic methods. Some people are interested mm-hmm. in Western, which is fine. I mean, to each its own, you know. Yeah. You know, that's what, it's not really about telling you what to do or what to choose. That's right, right. There are ways that, you know, you can kind of ease some of that pain, too, um, whether it's like diet or, or mm. you know, use of herbs. Just know what you're doing before you do that, whether it's a holistic <laughs> yes. practitioner or a doctor you trust. You know, if you if you if you're able to find a Western doctor you can trust, good for you. But yeah. if you're able to find whoever, just make sure that yeah. they know what they're doing. They know what you know that they're not putting you in harm's way. You know, because I, I've I've seen it happen on both ends. I've seen it work and I've seen it not work. Yes, absolutely, so. absolutely. And we gotta, yeah, we have to be careful. Like I, I'm all into the herbs and all into the teas, but you gotta, you know, do your research. Make sure you know the dosage on things and, and, and make sure you're definitely taking care of yourself and, and speaking up for yourself. Advocate for yourself because a lot of us may be suffering in silence with something or we may be yeah. like, this is normal. And no, and that's where, like, we were talking about way early on those conversations. Reach out to your homegirl. Like, ask her. I think oftentimes we're just like, this is normal for me, so it must be the same for everybody. Inquire. Ask. Like, hey, girl, like, 
this is what happens for me. Is that the same thing for you? Sometimes we need that barometer to know what's going on, and we need that space to speak up. So, yeah, take care of yourself. And also, you know, if you have to kind of second-guess yourself to ask your people whether they're going to judge you or not, you might want to assess, like, who's around. Because I feel like your folks are there to – I would think that your folks are your folks to be there to be a safe space and to kind of help you do things the same way you would probably do for them. So if you're kind of scared – of an ego thing or a pride thing, and you scared of looking stupid or foolish, you know, Google is our friend, but sometimes that web ending will send you down a rabbit hole that you just don't need to push yourself through. You don't deserve that, okay? Yeah. So, like, for real, like, you know, if you if you really trust your folks, you know, go ahead and ask them some questions. I mean, shit, ask your mama, your sisters, your cousins. I mean, you know, ask. Definitely, definitely. And there are holistic practitioners out there um, and we got we have to research them at times. And if you feel like somebody is making you do something that you're not comfortable with, or you feel forced to do something, like we were, like me and you, me and Maria were talking about earlier, it's okay to be like, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable with that, and speak up and let them know that whatever is happening is not okay, and try and find another, you know, another practitioner if they're really resistant or not really caring or accommodating to your needs. Yeah, you know, that just reminded me of a traditional experience I had. Um, Mm -hmm. And don't be scared to ask whether, like I said, whether it's a Western doctor or a holistic practitioner, please ask those questions because if they're the the experts and you're paying them for, you know, for their expertise, they should be able to be prepared or at least equipped enough to help find the answer if they don't already know it offhand. The reason why I'm saying that is because I got a routine pap smear. Mm-hmm. Actually, my last, my last one, the last one I got, and mm. um, I was due, and I remember, you know, I'd have to check the pH of your vagina, and they have the strips. Yeah. So for men who don't know, um, what they do, and please Google the word speculum. Google is going to be your friend in this case, because first we <laughs> get a pap smear, we have to have that cold-ass plastic speculum inserted yep. into our vagina with a bunch of lubricant, and they have to <laughs> turn the knob to open us up. So if you yeah. see that, it looks closed, but it eventually opens us up. They get a long-ass Q-tip that's like a foot long, and they ah. basically, or like a little brush-looking thing, and they scrape the walls to analyze them to make sure there aren't any cancerous cells or any kind yeah. of abnormal uh, cells going on, right? Yeah. So, and they also can check the, the pH of your vagina with the strips, too, with the, mm-hmm. with the um, pH strips. Yeah. So I asked him, I asked the doctor, I said, hey, because normally I don't go, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really yeah. go unless it's for, like, you know, STD testing and mm-hmm. things like that. So I only go for routines, uh, pap smears, and STD testing. That's it. Yeah. So um, we don't really have a relationship like that where I can call him outside of appointments or hit him on gotcha. Facebook or whatever. Because some, some okay. doctors are like that. So I said, hey, doc, out of curiosity, what if I wanted to test my own pH balance? Just out of curiosity, so he just won't tell me. Yeah. He says, uh, normally the patient doesn't do that. Uh, and I'm like, but, shit, that's not what I asked, though, bro. I asked, how do I, right. how do I check? And I asked right. him again. I said, I, I get that, but how would a patient check? If oh, they well, they would come to. to the doctor for that. No. And I said, okay, cool. Uh, we're done here. So I'm basically, I was like, this is the last appointment I'll ever go to. If your doctor can't answer a question like that, or it seems like he don't want to answer it, you should probably reevaluate your doctor. Exactly, yes. And that's and that's what I when I am in a room, especially full of women of color, especially when it comes to black women, we have such 
a lot of us are not having good experiences with doctors. Um, racism and, and white supremacy and all of those things do affect the medical system as well. And that's no, that is not putting down the system. That is literally, that literally means that we need to be even more aware and advocate for ourselves. Like I have an amazing doctor right now. My home girl just had a baby and it was really important for her. Um, she's very spiritual. She is really into like Chinese medicine. It was really important for her to find a pediatrician for her baby that wasn't trying to push a whole bunch of stuff on her baby or push a whole bunch of stuff on her. And she did some research. She did some asking around. She really, um, she posted on Facebook to ask around and she did her research to find somebody that blends both worlds for her, that traditional and also that Western to, you know, make sure, like, make sure that person has the same viewpoints um, as her. And so I think for what you're saying, it's a good example of you don't feel comfortable and it's within your right of being like, you know what, it's time for me to get another doctor. Like, you are not married to a doctor. You do not need to stay with a doctor. If you feel like that doctor's doing you wrong, like I had a, 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 my general practitioner, she saw that I was taking birth control. And she looked at me and was like, aren't you married? And I was like, yeah. And mind you, I wasn't there for that. I was there to just get my, like, just want to get a physical, just want to make sure everything's okay, get my blood work. And she was like, but you're married. And I was like, and, girl, like, why are you all in my business? Like, I didn't ask you. (laughs) I didn't ask you all these questions. And she was judging me in that moment. She was judging me, like, all of her questions were about, like, well, why would you, you really need to get off that birth control, that's not okay, um, and then tried to, like, spook me into not being on it either. So then she was giving me, like, you know it causes all these things, and it's like, girl, I know what I'm, like, what do you It's mean? your choice regardless. It's my choice, and, like, I think I did enough research on my own. Like, I, I, I think I know what's best for me. And so I was very, felt very judged in that moment. She was like, oh, I see here you checked off you were Catholic. So, like, how are you going to be Catholic and use birth control? Like, you're supposed to be having babies right now. And I'm just like, like, and mind you, right, we're all in vulnerable states when we're we're in doctor's offices. Like, she was talking to me when I already had the robe on. So I'm, like, naked. It's not even like I could be like, okay, well, deuces, girl. Like, I'm... On to the next one. Like, I had no clothes on, and it's like, I'm naked, I'm under a sheet, and, like, this is what you're trying to do? And from that moment forward, I ain't never seen her again. Like, no, I'm going to go out here and do some research and find another doctor. Like, I don't need your judgment or your values on me, especially when I didn't come here for that. And, like, you just giving advice that no one asked you for. Like, it wasn't even, like, hey, you know, lose some weight so you could, like, feel better, like, heart attack. Like, it was straight up on, like, well, why don't you have any babies? Girl. <laughs> so it's, like, you got to make those decisions for yourself and go with your gut feeling. And if you feel like your doctor's not listening to you or is empowering you, then it's a no. Wrap it up. Go find yourself another doctor or practitioner or a blend of the two and um, and do what's best for you. Now, it's funny you say that about birth control because I had an opposite experience. I actually mm-hmm. don't like birth control. We're going to do some, I mean, just use condoms or, and, you know, whatever. Right. So I'm on some other things, but that ain't really everybody's business. But anyway, um, <laughs> I went, this is like years ago. I got off birth control, I think, at oh, 
Oh, let me not say that. I got off mm-hmm. birth control years ago, and I had been on for, I think, six years mm-hmm. to that point. So mm-hmm. I went to the doctor's office and said, oh, you didn't get your refill on um, on the pill. And I was like, nah, I'm cool. She was like, sure. And I was like, yeah. She's like, you do know if you're, you know, I'm, you know, she basically was just kind of like trying to like, kind of like scare me back into getting on it. And I was like, girl, right. I, need, yeah. I need you to just check the box. Stop trying to tell me this shit and get to the point. Like, right. with all the respect, because I already know you get a cut. You probably get a cut when you sell these birth control pills. So let's not do this today. I'm not yeah. in the mood. I already yeah. got to deal with the speculum in, like, ten minutes. It, guys, like, yeah. if, you, if there are men listening, please understand. The speculum is not no shit that, that – it's not enjoyable. It's annoying, yeah. actually. So you have to make the experience for a woman that's about to get a past mirror or deal with the speculum situation. She has to be as relaxed as possible. So the doctor giving me a barrage of questions about why I don't want to get on birth control anymore. Mm. And the reason being was because it made me sick. Yeah. Hormonally. It, it made me feel good. I was imbalanced. Right. So I was like, that's not going to work for me. So right. um, I was like, no, that's not going to work. And I was like, you know, stop asking me these damn questions. And I ain't been back to her since either. And that was years ago. So I'm, yeah. I'm really, once I get fed up with something, I bounce. I don't care what it is. Right. And that's the thing. I And that's a form of advocating for yourself. And, and that's, and none of that is okay. And I feel like as an educator, my, as a sexual health educator, like a lot of my work is like, hey, did you know that blah, blah, blah? Or like, hey, you know, remember to use condoms because STDs are out here. Like it's all about your approach as well. Like you can have somebody telling you what to do, but the way that, you know, I feel like we should go about giving medical advice or any type of advice really is from an empowered point of view where Look, I want to help you critically think through this. Have you thought through the that, the that, the that, and let me do some motivational interviewing with you. Let me try and ask you some open-ended questions to find out, like, she didn't even bother to find out, like, why you didn't want to be on birth control no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, she wasn't even like, hey, like, is everything okay? Have you been feeling okay? Because that would have been the right approach to be like, and that probably for you could have opened the door for you to be like, you know, actually, like, these hormones are really throwing me off balance, and I prefer a non-hormonal method. Do you have any ideas around that? And if she was the right kind of clinician, she could have been like, oh, okay, well, there's actually this, 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 and this. Maybe you can try da 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 and if that doesn't work, like, let's come back and talk about it or whatever. But she didn't do that. Um, and not a lot of clinicians are thinking through that. So we really need to find clinicians out there that are willing to empower us, educate us. And, you know, they're there to help us, like, make the right decisions, but we want to make the right decisions for us as well. Exactly, because, again, even with the teachers, right, and this is yeah. my thing with, with the show, like, I've always been big about presenting different perspectives, but the answer mm-hmm. ultimately is going to lie within yourself. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. So, and I'm not trying to negate, you know, the years that doctors go to school and do this uh, and get course. subject matter, you know, become subject matter experts. But at the end of the day, you're going to know of intuitively course. what's going to work for you. That's right. So I'm glad you mentioned about advocating for yourself because you can't let nobody punk you into telling you what's <laughs> best for you, you know? So yeah. I'm really glad you brought that story up um, so we yes. could trade experiences because apparently we have been on two different ends of the field <laughs> when it comes to that. So... But yes, how can people get in touch with you? <sighs> wow, really good question. Thank you so much for asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so folks can get in touch with me on Vagesteam everywhere. So that's V-A-G-E-S-T-E-E-M. So there's Vagesteam.com. You go on the website. Um, you can 
go find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Vagisim. Um, I love receiving DMs. I love answering questions. So you can send me um, DMs on either of those platforms. You can send me an email at uh, Vagisim at gmail.com. Um, and also, um, I think that's it. And then you could find the Vagisim podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, um, and Google Music. Also, um, I could have sworn, if I remember correctly, on Vagist- you have com, correct? Yes. Isn't there a resource on there that people can, can download once they sign up for the website? Yes. Oh, my. I see. I See, I'll be knowing. I'll be knowing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if you go on the Vagisim website, you will see that I have a free Better Sex um, guide on there for you. It's a workbook that I created, and it kind I created for the new year actually because every year for the new year for me, the way that I get centered and grounded, and the way that you know I kind of like to like just continue like making sure I'm doing the things that I want to do and I'm feeding my spirit and all of that is writing down goals and anticipating like oh these are the places I want to go to these are things I want to accomplish these are things that you know, I liked, and these are the things that I want to improve on. And so I kind of created a guide that folks can use, um, and you could use it anytime to kind of assess, like, all right, these are the kinds of relationships I'm looking for. What didn't work best in this relationship? Why do I keep, you know, doing X, Y, and Z? How can I have better sex? How can I better advocate for myself? And the guide walks you through. It's a very colorful guide, so go ahead, download it from the website, and it's yours, and tell me what you think about it. All right, y'all, and there you have it. We have Vanessa from Vagistine. Yay! And this has been this week's two-part episode with Vanessa from Vagistine, and I hope you guys got something out of it. Um, I know, you know, the point is to entertain, but I hope you guys really found it informative as well, and I hope that through these type of uh, conversations, we can have more conversations in our own tribes, in our own communities, um, with our own homegirls, own circles, family, what have you, even our partners, to you know, know what we want. First off, know what we're doing, know what we're working with, then know what we want and then know how to make it better and know how to be healthy in the process. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Just a friendly reminder, spiritualhomegirl.com is undergoing some much needed maintenance. So pardon my dust if you guys go to the website and you see that it is not what it used to be. We're working on it. If you want to find me on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube in the meantime, you can do so at Spiritual Homegirl as well as Spirit Homegirl on Twitter. I am really excited about the future. Like, for real. I got a speaking engagement coming up really soon in another month or so. Super juiced about that. I also am going to be sneaking to the left coast real, real, real soon. I By the time this episode airs, I'll probably be in came back by now. So I'm really excited to kind of explore what this journey has to offer life is an adventure and if you guys can make the most out of your opportunities no matter how small please do because you just never know what's on the other side of that door that you're too scared to open you know what I mean so um that's all I wanted I didn't really want to um take up your time too much I know me and Vanessa we talked for three hours so I just want to you know let you guys know I'm really grateful for y'all listening and I hella appreciate that no listeners, no show. It's pretty obvious, you know what I mean? But that is it. This has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl. And remember, trust the journey and trust yourself. Peace. <laughs>